You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Check, 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 check. Let me hear you, my friend. Hello. Might want to go ahead and just bring that a little bit closer to you. Hello. Okay, cool. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. This is Unbridled and Untamed, and as usual, I have Andrew Watkins here with me. My boy? Yes. How are you, my friend? I am well. Good. All right, out the gate here, guys. I need to do a little uh, announcing. So, number one. MonsonandBrothers.com. We sell beard oils, balms, soap, candles. We have a beer garden in Columbus, Mississippi, downtown. Right off that downtown exit, if you took that farmer's market route when you hop off, you'll see us. Come hang out with us at the beer garden. But if you have a beard in your life, whether it be yours or a dad, a boyfriend, an uncle, cousin, whatever that looks like, it's not only good for the skin, it's good for the hair, and it also smells better than your cologne. I highly recommend it. We have soap, uh, charcoal base that will literally pull that Mississippi out of you. You can order all that if you're not from the Columbus area, if it's that inconvenient. You can go to MonsonandBrothers.com, and when you go to check out, if you'll type in Porch Talk, all one word, all caps, 10% off your sale. Once again, monsonbrothers.com, fill up the shopping cart, use your discount code PORCHTALK, you get 10% off. Also, if you go to porch-talk.net, and then you go to uh, the About Us, which is kind of talking about like all the different people involved, you can scroll down and use that website link, and that'll get you a percentage off as well. Advertisements are out of the way. I just worked a festival last weekend, mm. and my God, it was good to be working festivals again and slinging beard oils and bombs, my friend. Is that a lot of people? A lot of people show up? Yeah, dude. It was great. And <clears throat> that's the thing is I want to tell you is, um, so we started Friday night. The show started 6 to 10, and then Saturday was the big day. It got started at 10 a.m., and it was there until 6 Two people, or it was more than two people, but Ross Newell and the Crickets, who had been on this show, both from Mobile, came up to play that festival. And man, did they knock it out of the park. Yeah. I hadn't missed it. 
it was dope and that was one of the best uh festivals i had been to like personally as far as like making sales i had never made so many sales and once again i don't know because i believe that people were so hungry just to have that interaction again to have live music to have vendors and to interact you know i maybe that had a big hand in it you know feel like the good old days it really did man yeah i kind of missed that too yeah you know what i miss about festivals what's that roasted corn roasted corn he says oh man i love me some roasted corn that guy in winfield the one that does mule day yeah he had a truck and he had forty thousand ears of corn. Jesus! At three dollars a pop, and not counting the drinks, and the drinks is a dollar. But you do the math, and look at how much he cleared. That's ridiculous. Well, yeah. One of the cheapest vegetables, might I add, to use to cook and sell. So forty-three thousand. Yes. Three dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. Oh, my phone's over there. I can't add my head. That's one hundred and twenty thousand. That's not, a not, lot. Not counting the three, that'd be one hundred and twenty-nine thousand. Yeah. So. And but I mean, you got to think about taxes. You got to pay Alabama, then you got to pay Pickens, and you got to pay your dues on there. But even at that rate, you still go home making. That's pay. one weekend. That's two days. Hmm. I talked to the guy. Oh, I, dude, I'm still living off of the commission that I made <clears throat> from this weekend. Yeah. He um. Uh, I talked to the guy, and he does like two or three festivals a year. That's all he does for a living. Is he burns corn till it's done? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to grow it too. Yeah. I mean, he buys it. I'm sure he don't even grow oh, it. He, he might grow, grow it. I don't well, know. At this point, you don't even have to. Right? That's what I'm saying. You just buy it. It's the. I mean, it's a cheap vegetable to buy anyway. So, I mean, forty thousand years of corn. Would you say that's probably be like what an acre or two? Hell, what I don't if, know. What if he just goes to a farmer and be like, hey, you know, let, like, let me buy an acre. What's crazy about here is like, think about this. You and I both been to Guatemala. You saw the corn stalks. Oh, yeah, and the carrots. So they would get so tall, right? It would be like a seven-foot corn stalk. But you know how many ears would be on it? Like two. Maybe three yeah. at best. But here, you know, we go for five to six. And that's the difference in like soil and fertilizers fertilizers and, and everything that we do versus and that. the hybrid but the one thing i will created. say about guatemala and their farmers is like they don't waste one inch of land you've seen them like corn rows yes. going up a mountain up a mountainside yes they look like goats up there mm-hmm. getting their uh getting their drink or getting their uh vegetables harvested and their size of a hoe is different than our size it's of a, a lot hoe. bigger it's a lot bigger it's a lot bigger it's like a bent shovel you know, and shout out to them, like, and there is a, there's a lot more industry as far as, like, excavators and things of that type, to, and they're getting better with their roads. Yeah. I mean, even with, like, the years that I've been, like, I've been enough to kind of, and I haven't been in a while now, I could only imagine what it looks like, but each time I went, I could notice improvement, like, infrastructure within mm-hmm. Guatemala, especially, like, Chamaltenango, which is a fairly small town outside of the capital of Guatemala City. Yeah. But, like, the roads and everything, there was some improvement there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It might be the effect that, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. folks that go to they go do to these do missions that, do. Yeah, because they do it, what, like 14 weeks out of the year? There's a difference. Possibly more. Yeah, and God only more. knows how much money is being brought to it and exactly. being put in the right hands. Because, you know, it's like with the border crisis. And that's one thing that is amiss uh, to me, if you want to blame climate and weather for these people immigrating 
No, it's the government. That's why they don't want to be there. Like Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, these places is like the government is is just as corrupt as it gets. It's pretty much. Yeah. It's god awful, man. Yeah, it ain't no good at all. And um, you know, it's crazy going in there as you know missionary or tourist or however you want to take it. And you know, you get to talking and getting to relating with the people, and then when they get down to brass tacks, it's why things are the way they are. It's like the government gets the money, and then they just keep it. They don't put it back. Mm-hmm. They don't give it back to the community. And so, I mean, you see the power struggle, and there, there's always, um, you know, embezzling and things of that nature that yeah. never gets addressed. They got good coffee. They do have good coffee. It's that volcanic ash, maybe? I don't know. That's, that's exactly what it is. Makes the soil richer. But enough of that. We're not doing geopolitics here. Geopolitics. Let's, let's start out with um, the survivor story. I mean, we know why you're here. Yes. <laughs> the the survivor story. We we discussed that. It's been a while since I've told one. <clears throat> I recently just watched one. All right, it was this guy and his son, right, want to go on a trip to Asia Minor, somewhere in Asia, maybe. I don't know. Can't, I think it, it was weird. It was a weird name to a country, and I didn't never heard of it. But it was in search of the elusive Marco Polo Ram, which is this, like, mountain ram that has got these huge horns on it. You know, it's a big, big ram why do they call it marco polo was that just a nickname for it uh no that was well I, it wasn't his official scientific name but that's what everybody got so like it. a lot of people have seen this ram and that that is what it came to be known as yeah well they're 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 hard to find anyway so it's like there's a, more than one yeah okay i didn't know if there was like one mark twain out there it's like the ram of rams <laughs> no no this is a there's multiple ones because in the video it showed uh, like five or six in a little herd. But you're talking about like in a mountain range, and that's that's as big as the group gets, five or six. They're spread out wide. Anyway, father and son hire a guy from Canada to go with them on the guide on the hunting trip. And, of course, while they're there, they have some natives go with them. And they actually have a pretty big party. Like, I would say probably 12. And uh, what they part, go on. So, what, like, what part of the world are they in? Though? It's in Asia somewhere, maybe. Somewhere in Asia where there's And mountains. these guys are from the U.S.? Yes. And they went over there for this big Mark Twain hunt? Yes. Okay, and so, like, two of them or... There's two of them. There's a dad two and Americans. son. And then there's a And Canada, then ten and then, natives? And a Canadian with him. Okay. The Canadian guy is one of their buddies, and he's a <coughs> uh, he's a hunting expert or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they have, when they get there, they have a group of people that go with them that's native to the mm-hmm. that country. On the they get their rams, they end up shooting and killing like two or something like that. But on Crap the day, the fan. Yeah, but on the day they're meant to go home. They go to get, and they had like Volkswagen vans. It was all-wheel drive, but there was still a van, so it was not the greatest. But a blizzard hit them, 
and it was snowing like crazy. And they tried to leave in the van, and the van didn't get nowhere. So are they, like, <clears throat> is this Everest? It's, it's negative 40 below the whole time they're there. Like, what mountain range is this? I want to say maybe the Indies. Indies, okay. But, uh... I should be, I should, I should, I'm way better at geology than that. Yeah, or geology, geography. Yeah. yeah, I think it is the Indies. But, uh, so then they have like this military truck and the guides is like, you know, let's just load up in this and we'll leave and we'll go on this. And they. Listen up, y'all, it's a sabotage. Try, they drive the whole, they drive pretty much all day and. They had to get out every once in a while, like dig snow up so that it, it could get traction and climb a hill, a little small hill or something yeah, like sure. that. Finally, the thing gets stuck. So they're just sitting there and they sit and uh, he has a satellite phone. So he calls his brother and lets him know where he's at. But while he's talking to him, it goes, Where's his brother? It goes dead back home. Okay. Back in. The- yeah. Wherever they're from in America. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and phone goes dead while he's talking to him they had to stay in the van all night and it and it they're in like a like i said a military truck so like that it's just got nothing but like a sheet over the back that's right where all of them are so it's not helping keep warm at all Mm -hmm. the next day goes by they're right almost they're out of food the whole crew is yeah there's like they're all together like maybe eight or eight to ten of them Mm -hmm. in there well they end up living through the night they wake up the next morning they spend all day and <clears throat> while they're sitting there and the guy the from the canadian he's like the leader he's the one who's doing it making decisions he's like if we don't have somebody by the end of the day i'm gonna start walking some uh, direction because i'm not gonna die out here he waited all day to the evening of the next day and when they were sitting there then they heard a helicopter so they're like, oh they're saved well, by the time they hit the helicopter comes, they look and they see three snowmobiles headed their way. Uh-huh. Well, come to find out, the helicopter lands or whatever. Come to find out, the snowmobile guys are like, uh, um, what do you call them? Training for the Olympics. They're, they're not training for the Olympics. They're like rescue people. Oh. Like, well, that's the, way better. It's, it's a military. It's I can't remember what branch of the military it was, but... They had sent them out there on a the mission to get them. Okay. So then, the the with that, the survivors have two choices. They can ride back with this guy, which would take about another, you know, like four hours. Or they could take the helicopter and be home quicker. Why is there a decision to make? Well, they just, I mean, well, because they could have they done either one. Did the they? guys that was driving the snowmobiles was American. Uh-huh. People were fl- flying the plane, and every, all the natives had been drinking vodka all day. Oh, well, that's where that's, it gets a little hairy. Yeah. So, but they end up picking the helicopter, and they put all the gear in the helicopter, and that's a lot. And the guy, one of the guys, realizes that when he gets on the pl- on the helicopter, he's like, you know, we got a lot of stuff. Do you think this will we'll be able to fly or whatever? Oh my goodness. But the, the helicopter has a little trouble taking off, but it takes off and they're flying along or whatever. And uh, the guy, the guy said, one the Canadian guy, they was all sitting in, in the back, and he could tell that the the helicopter seemed to be leaning forward a little mm. much. So he got everybody to move a seat back. That's right. To kind of level it, try out. to level it out or whatever. And as they're flying along, uh, they pretty much. 
all black out because the helicopter starts spinning in the air and the stuff that they had was like knocking everybody in the head and uh-oh so they're flying through the air and then the the Canadian guy says he remembers looking out the window and seeing like the side of the mountain and be like wow that's pretty close <laughs> oh no and then smashes in the side of the mountain how many are in this copter the whole crew yeah like the, the there's two pilots and then probably eight to ten people in the helicopter and the pilots have been drinking vodka yes all of them had that's what they drink that's like their water to them okay it's like mother russia out here i guess something like that okay well they when they crash a little bit of that tater juice yeah when they crash the dad is like looking around and he has like the fuel tank a fuel tank sitting on top of him and he gets it off and he's calling his son's name and he can't hear him. and he looks to the canadian guy and he's like hey where's uh Sp- i think he called him spook that's what his name okay he said where's spook and he keeps calling keeps calling keeps calling finally he finds him and he says something to him but this guy's got like seven broke ribs oh no and like he's got a I mean, cut I'm- on him somewhere or something so he's in extreme pain. He says every time he breathes, he can feel his ribs moving. Oh, no. So, I mean, it was a pretty severe break. Uh, he's not good for walking. Then the dad looks at the Canadian guy even closer, and he's been hit in the face, and his left eyeball is bulging out. So he's, like, looking at somebody with an eye that's halfway hanging out. Oh, and he's goodness. like, is there something wrong with my face? <laughs> and the, the dad's like, yeah. There definitely is something wrong with your face. Mm-hmm. So he gets like this piece of cloth and covers it up, you know, to try to, but he can't see good. Or, I mean, because now he's only got one eye, right? Yeah. Well, they start looking for survivors and they, they find a couple and then they find this man where there's a woman under the helicopter and he's digging the snow out to get her out. And at first they thought the woman was dead, but they pulled her, pulled was her the away. Was the woman a part of the crew? Yeah. Okay. They pull the woman away from the, the helicopter and the husband's like holding her you know because it's a wife and a husband he's holding her Mm -hmm. you know well she ends up she's alive they find another guy he's unconscious but he's breathing and he's got a pulse so they drag him over too but one of the guys uh, didn't make it he was dead but it was that that guy was sitting in the seat that the canadian guy was sitting in before he made everybody move back so that weighed on the canadian guy a little bit oh no and I, they they spent the night there, or it was nighttime came. They burnt what they could, made a fire and burnt it, because it's still negative 40 degrees out there. Yeah, and they're still high up. Right? Yeah, and they're, so they burn whatever they can to keep warm. And the next day, uh, the Canadian's like, you know, we we still can't sit here again, you know. Yeah, we got to go. We got to move. We got to do something. So next day, he convinces the husband to leave his wife and go with him and he carries the guy who broke to the son's gun with him and a couple shells and they walk just start walking north is where he's wanting he's wanting to go north so he's heading north and uh you know he's remember he's only got one eye mm-hmm. eight hours into it a blizzard hits i don't know so i've never experienced it but he described it as you can't see nothing when you already don't have one eye and all you see is white. Like your, your depth perception is gone. You can't see no rocks. Well, that's right. Yeah. 
And so, sure. and he said he would walk for a while thinking he's walking in a straight line, pull his compass out and be walking in the wrong direction. And he kept having to fix himself. Yeah, just so needed yeah. to hold it in his hand. And finally, they get to the top of a ridge. And as they top the ridge, they see an outpost up on the other side of the mountain. And then they see three uh, snowmobiles with guys on them going down the other side of the mountain. So a dude shoots a gun. They don't hear him. Then he realized, then he noticed that the, the guy in the back stopped and had got off, so he shot again. Mm-hmm. And, he, and the guy stood up and looked, and he, then he shot one more time, and they saw That was all he had, too, right? Yeah, yeah. He only had three. Mm-hmm. And then they... So then they saw him, but come over there, picked him up, and then of course went and got everybody who was. And luckily, no one else died. But uh, they, wow, uh, that was a crazy story. What a story, man! It's crazy. Well, there you go, boys and girls. Yeah, I hope you enjoy Wonder on YouTube. They got some cool videos. Cool. All right, just to move on, man. Like I want to talk to this about you is uh, the last time that we met. Uh, we came in here and we could not remember for the life of us Mm-mm. what we brought up before we pushed that little red button. Yeah. It was Tom McDonald. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, I'm not the biggest rap fan. Yeah. But I found out about Tom McDonald probably three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. And even then, that was like the game. I mean, he's been doing this for some time. Yeah, for a while. And this latest thing is he's an independent artist. So it's him versus the music industry. And then like someone, I don't know if they had heard a previous song or they had heard something that he had done and it sounded like uh, an Eminem track. And then they started dissing him for like ripping off Eminem or whatever. And so what does he do? He writes Eminem, and he was like, "Hey, uh, I'd like to collaborate. Like, would you make a make a mix for me to actually rap on? Since everyone is already accusing me of doing this, yeah, let's do it." Do you remember the uh, the song that Eminem done? I can't remember the name of it, but like, uh, the gist of it was like it was a fan that was writing him all the time. Yeah. Do you remember that song? I think so. I ain't listening. And so, like, you know, like. Hey, this is Stan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. You remember the car that he wrecks off into the water to kill himself uh-huh. in Eminem's video? Yeah. Well, Tom McDonald found the salvaged version. That exact car that was salvaged bought it for his music video. <laughs> and it was his latest video. And so, like, man, the dude puts so much thought and effort into what he does. And he's, he doesn't give a damn about... Mm-mm. Uh, being canceled because he's not signed. Yeah, and like he's really good at what he does. He's got a really good flow. I like his words. He's countercultural. Uh, I have a lot of respect for what he does. He definitely. Uh, and he's always like, if you look YouTube music up, like he's trending. All he's like, yeah. he's one to five. Usually he's number one or number two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his songs speak truth too, like, mm. like about a lot of things. That's true. Like one of his lines, and I can't remember which song it is, because I've like I've I've just now started. Like it's probably been a month or two, maybe not even a month or two since I first. And the song that I first heard was that fake woke. Uh huh. Yeah, and that that's, was uh, that's that's, a, that's the first one for a lot of people. Yeah, that's a good one. But there's a, there was another one where it talks about 
one thing that stuck out the most to me was like he said something about uh, they find there's life on Mars because they found bacteria, but a heartbeat on Earth is, uh, you know, not 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 human is what he says. That's not right. human. That that aspect that spoke volumes to me. That was crazy. Yeah. He he'd speak some truth for real. Yeah, I mean, and his newer stuff he doesn't cuss as much neither. Yeah, so I, I respect that. I've I've I reached out to him about being on the show. Obviously, I didn't hear anything. Yeah. He's a lot bigger than me, but well, maybe got, one day, got, maybe one day, somebody you know, we're gonna tag him and um, a bunch of stuff. But yeah, <laughs> get his um, attention. Yeah, maybe we'll tag him on this one, right? Yeah, gave him a huge shout out. Uh, but yeah, I, I I totally respect, and um, I think it takes a lot of balls in today's age because, especially YouTube, like. It's it's so easy to to get three hard strikes and be have all your content completely stripped and to be banned. Yeah. And you know, like you're you're listening, like you take Apple Music or Spotify, you have a little more leeway there as far as like more on the podcast side of things. But when it comes to music, like unless media matters or someone like that gets involved like when media matters gets involved that 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 has a huge impact yeah uh they'll smear you and they'll get you removed completely and so uh he's been somewhat resilient and like you said with some of his words i believe uh what he says is to be true and i, I think it's uh i'm not saying that uh he's christian uh, but uh, just coming from a judeo-christian background when the line that you dropped, it, it kind of reminds me of what Paul would write later in his life about what would be coming uh, w- with society and culture as mm-hmm. a whole, which uh, it would be a perversion. Yeah. Is that we would exchange truth for a lie and that, like, truth would no longer be in and that we would just be just totally into these lies. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that kind of leads into some of the things that I wanted to talk about today. And it's a great segue is, do you still believe in Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream? I believe it could happen, but not through the power of man. (laughs) No, man. Like, I I still believe that what Martin Luther King's (laughs) dream was is that for a man or woman to not be judged on the color of their skin but by the content of their character right yeah i believe in that completely and so everything that our culture is currently perpetuating which makes us weak which makes us fight and i get on this hellhole of the internet known as twitter Mm -hmm. and all i see are these god-awful videos of crime done against uh, Asians or crimes against black people or crimes against white people every which way right Mm -hmm. and there's so much going on and it's so hard to keep up with the names of these people because it begins to be so frequent and it doesn't seem like uh, the DAs and like the law are really getting involved it's just really kind of happening and it's almost incentivized and it, it really comes down to one thing to me with everything that happened over uh, 2020, especially during the summer and all the awful things that happened with, um, you know, police crime towards black people and 
that really highly escalated it. And even before that, you had like the the rooftop Koreans. I don't know if you heard about mm-hmm. that out in yeah. California. And I mean, so like, there's been a lot of hate crimes done against each other since this pandemic. And what do you expect when you take away someone's livelihood and then you force them to stay home? And there's pent up aggression. I mean, you've took away my livelihood and my the way that I provide for my family or even for myself. If you, mm-hmm. you know, if it would depend on your situation. And so, um, and like all this hate and all these things that are going on right now. And all we do is just keep mixing the pot. Mm-hmm. And so you have this thing called critical race theory, which is, it's not being taught here, but like in, go out to California or you, you go to different places in the United States. Uh, and it's, it's critical theory. It's not just critical race theory. It'll go so far as into literature or mathematics that two plus two is no longer four, that it could be five. Mm-hmm. And that it's racist not to think that way. And it's like, no, Math is true. Yeah. Like, two plus two is always four. Everything. There's not an exception for that. Everything has numbers. That's right. Everything. And that's the one thing about math that makes it great. And so, like, everything that we're perpetuating right now, we really need to take a step back. And, like, if if I lived in a state that was teaching critical race theory or any of these critical theories... I wouldn't want my child learning that because they begin teaching them as early as four years old. Yeah. And it's like, if you're white, they teach you white guilt and that you should feel bad for the way that you were born. Dude, like, do you remember when you were coming out of your mother's womb that, like, there was a selection screen and you just kind of chose what you wanted to be, right? Like, oh, yeah, I want to be in Alabama. I'm going to be white. I'm going to be in the poor class. Uh, Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's... Nobody does that. That's not... You have no control. Yeah. Right? Guilty. So, and that goes back to MLK's dream that the way that I judge you, the way that I treat you is by the content of your character, not by the color of your skin. If you're a good person, you're good. If you're bad, you're bad. It doesn't... The the color of your skin, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's nothing. If anything, it's... We should celebrate our differences. Man, you, that's beautiful, you know? Mm. You're different than I am. Mm. Well, we should celebrate these things. That's why God made us this way. Yeah. I had talked to a guy at work, and uh, he was a white guy, and he said that, <clears throat> he said, well, you know, black, uh, black people can be racist towards white people. And I was like, no, let me educate you. Racism has an ism at the end of it. What else has an ism at the end of it? Socialism, communism, liberalism, all these isms. What that ism makes that word stand for and what it means is it's something created by a group of people with like minds who say, who share ideas and theories on life. Now, People can be prejudiced towards people, but that's the difference between being racist and being prejudiced. Being prejudiced is a black person looking at me and then just assuming that I'm racist because I'm white. When I'm that's also stereotypical. Yeah, but that's what prejudice. That's what prejudice is. White people can never experience racism because the racism that was set up in America was by white people. I don't know if I agree. Okay. 
prove me different, change my mind. Well, I don't know, like, maybe not changing mine or proving you different, but let's, let's think about Asians. What were they used for in the past? They were slaves, too. What did they do? Mine, duh. Built the railroad? Built a building railroads and That's true. cutting holes in mountains. Well, let's think about the, the Native Americans. We just took their land and killed them. Mm-hmm. And then we gave them a little piece of land so they could bury their own later. Yep. That's great. All right. Black people, sure. Slaves in the South, predominantly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think about, okay, what color is my hair? Tread. Irish? Fire. Well, they had it pretty rough, too. Mm-hmm. And even today, if you want to talk about modern, modern slavery is the absolute worst. It comes in the form of sex trafficking, sex slavery. But back to like your point is racism, uh, whether it be uh, an Asian toward a black person, vice versa, white person to a Latino, vice versa, or whatever way that looks. It's a two-way street every stinking time. And, like, we mess up right there at that moment, man, is you have to go by the content of the character. The the way, the appearance, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, Jesus taught this time and time again. Even he himself. It just goes, like, to Aragorn with Lord of the Rings, if you want to go fantasy. It, he looked foul but was fair. Mm-hmm. He wasn't someone that you would want to come up to naturally and hug because he wasn't a good-looking man, right? Mm-hmm. That is the whole point, and it's and it's a really beautiful thing. It's like you have to get past what you see. Mm-hmm. It's just like judging a book by the color. None of that. No, that doesn't matter. Stop that. Like it's and there's nothing like stereotypes. Sometimes will keep you alive. Sometimes they will. But for the most part, man, we need to take it one at a time. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like I said, I, I didn't set out to prove you wrong or, like, change your mind. I don't know, but, like, it's 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 a two-way street every single time. I mean, if you want to go, like, KKK, well, then later there was Black Panther. But it was in result of hate. And, and then look them. at the Jews. Everyone has hated them forever. Yeah, There's always been anti-Semitism. And that's not even the color of the skin. That's just race. I think some, there's a lot of things, though, that can be a reaction to racism, to being treated bad, the one being treated bad. The result, or what they do, how they react, isn't for the same reason as why they, the, other, the other side hates them. Because, like, that's the way the South was. The South, I mean, white people hated black people. I wouldn't say that. And they started, well, yeah, they... I wouldn't say that they hated them. It was the way, like, realistically, man, like, you think about, like, Django with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Is, I don't think that they hated them. It was, they saw them as property. They didn't see them as equal. They didn't see them as being human. Which... And so it was just something that you could barter. And what is more valuable, that goes back to modern day, what's more valuable than a person? Nothing on this earth. Well, what about when they wasn't selling them no more? 
when they was making them eat in a different place when they was making them well drink then you had like this fountain. cultural thing that was happening yeah but they it was a to where culture. it's like they viewed them as property for so long that it was it was hard to see them as eye to eye right they still yeah even after they wasn't slaves them well they looked down on them that's right because they hated them I, it's not hate it if was just looking down on them. if if you don't love somebody and the way that they've been treated is not love if you don't love something the opposite ha- of love hate. is not hate what is it well, indifference well, indifference yeah uh, there's only one or two things no there's not there's, there's, there's three bad, there's love and hate there's good and bad and love and hate you can't just sit back and or just act like that treating somebody different because of what color they are is anything close to being love which is what we're supposed to do and to me if you're not loving you're not hating I mean, you're hating. I think it's indifference. Check this out. It's so, like you're it, saying, you're if, if I hate something, I actively go out of my way to avoid it. If I'm indifferent about something, I can look it right in the eye and not care. Love is being compassionate. Yeah, but knowing that one way is good and not doing it is a sin. Knowing what 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 is good in the situation. Well, a lot of people do not know sin. the way the way of good everyone has a moral compass everybody knows what good and bad whether you go to church whether you know who but Jesus some is. folks are it's not dialed, everybody but majority it's, it's dialed down yeah definitely but at and i think every every child is born that way they're depending on where they're at can change that but still everyone knows good from bad everyone does they do they do even as a kid you know when you messed up and that's that's the beautiful thing that I it's it's a it's a story that I like to share. Like I used to do children's church a lot, uh-huh. and even watching my nephew, even watching your daughter grow up, mm-hmm. and my friends' kids, and looking at this is like when they come to a certain age. There's one thing that I always see that is primal, which makes me believe the biblical narrative is absolutely true is there is something that is undeniable about human nature. It is selfishness and pride. Do you remember the first time that you gave your daughter something, and maybe it wasn't you personally, and then how hard it might have been for her to share with another? Mm-hmm. It's mine. It's one of the first acts. Mm-hmm. Or even playing with one another. That's my toy I don't want you playing with it. That's pride and selfishness. That is what led to the fall. That was the very beginning of it all. Mm-hmm. Pride comes before the fall. That is what got Adam and Eve so soaked in. You could be like God. Mm-hmm. Why? What is that saying? Well, I wouldn't need him anymore, so I could interpret it for myself. Mm-hmm. And that is what we do today. And, and, and that is the idea of salvation. That is the idea of like knowing God is submitting yourself daily mm-hmm. to man I'm dumb as dirt mm-hmm. I don't I have these selfish and prideful acts that I'm trying to commit every single day to better myself and screw everybody else mm. it's me and the opposite of that is what Jesus offers it's it's that salvation experience it's like experience with God and, and it's knowing that all these things on earth are ethereal 
They don't matter. Yeah. They're not material. You can't take them with you. It's Mm-mm. they're finite. Everything here will burn up one day. And then there's something offered in return that is infinite and it's way better. The only thing is you have to wait. And like the way that you live is how you get other people to well maybe living that way is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And it's like as I've said over time and time again here on the show is if everyone lived by the Ten Commandments you wouldn't have an issue out of anybody. It would be lovey-dovey all the time, baby. Mm-hmm. You hear me? Mm-hmm. But we don't do that because pride and selfishness. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Pretty much. Because most of the time, all, only thing it take, only thing it takes is time. And we busy ourselves up so much that mm-hmm. we're just tired and wore out sometimes. Don't need be don't do what we need to do. What we're called to do. Mm-hmm. The reason we're here. Mm-hmm. Time is wasting time.
came running back around like a predator. just talking like killing time is uh just to spend a brief time here it's like man um the ghost of sushima sushima Sushima. dude that game's dope uh uh man you know how i the only way i could play it is i say yeah (laughs) (laughs) it just kind of hit me like the way he said (laughs) sushima Oh man, <laughs> I've been wanting a PlayStation for a while. Anyway, and uh, I got my Xbox, but man, Xbox is—I love Xbox. I love my—I love the controller. But you—you you pretty much gotta have really good internet to do anything. To download a game, I mean, you gotta have good internet. And where I, I don't even have internet right now at my house, so yeah. I go to my uncle's house one weekend, and I'm looking, and he's got a PlayStation sitting there, and I'm like, huh. So I call my cousin. I say, hey, Jake, come here, buddy. I was like, what do you think about playing Xbox for a little while? He said, what are you talking about? You going to give me an Xbox? I'm like, no. We're going to trade. We're not going to give you an Xbox. I said, how about I bring my Xbox over, and I'll borrow your PlayStation. He was like, okay. So I did that, and... uh and the main and the only reason I want a PlayStation is for like three games: Ghost of Tsushima, Left, uh, Last of Us Part Two, and God of War, the latest God of War. That's the three. That's the, really the only three yeah. that's on PlayStation that I can't play on Xbox. Yeah, I feel it, man. I remember, um, you know, growing up is. Uh, me and my brother had the N64 forever, and then, like, my cousins in Birmingham, they would have the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And then it was shortly after that, we'd have Xbox. Mm-hmm. Then we would have Xbox. And I remember going to Birmingham and playing, like, Crash Bandicoot as a child with yeah. them mm-hmm. and just having a dope time. Yeah, that was and, one of uh, my And my cousins, games. they were really good at the game. And so, like, not only could we just stay up late and, like, get really get through it and beat it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to do, right? Yeah. No you don't want to go home after a weekend in Birmingham with, like, a half-beat game. Yeah. You want to see the end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No doubt. That but was... it's always been that way, like, between Xbox and PlayStation. It's like, you know, Xbox had Halo or, what, Destiny mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Gears yeah. of War. Yeah. And then PlayStation always had God of War and Spider Man. S- Spider Man. Um, there was a Dark Souls spin-off, Bloodborne, mm-hmm. that was PlayStation only that I really wanted to play. There's a, also Gran Turismo. I used to play that. That was a PlayStation exclusive. Yep. I still got all them games, by the way. Every one of them. We need to kick it sometime. Yes, man. we do. We need to kick it. That that goes to Sushima. It's got a pretty, pretty great storyline to it. And I have to admit that I'm one of them people who, if I can skip 
some of the, the monologue stuff and the videos, I do. Yeah, but on this one you can't. But on this one you can't. So I've had to listen to the story, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty interesting because it also really did take place. I don't know the exact it, it, the actual events of the game happened in real life, but the fact that the Mongols was tra- taking over Japan that did happen, mm-hmm. you know. And just to see how the story play out, it's pretty cool. Uh, you're a samurai, of course, who. Uh, they go to war with the Mongols, and uh, his <coughs> his uncle is like the main lord, the main guy, mm-hmm. and uh, he gets kidnapped. But all the samurai die except for you. Your name's Jin, and you get to a point where uh, you meet the main Mongol boss guy, and he has his, has your uncle. He ain't killed him yet. He's just got him tied up, and you try to fight that guy, and he kills he kills you, and you fall off a bridge. But a woman finds you and brings you back to health. And that's the reason that he is the ghost of mm. Tsushima. Well, I was wondering about the name. Uh, so it, it's, and you have a, you have an opportunity. Most samurai are very honorable. Uh, they, well, they never, are. they that never, the point of being yeah, a samurai. they never like, and what I mean by that is they didn't, they, they never uh, fought nobody with their back to them. They always called them out. And well, it's that's just like what, the Wild West, right? And that's, yeah, and that's what you can do in the game. When you come up on a group of Mongols, you can hit the standoff button. And he'll get off his horse and says, Who will challenge me? And they come up and you hold triangle. And when you see that guy move, you slice his head off. And blood and arms come off. Ah, shoot. Blood and arms come off. Or you can be sneaky and assassinate. And it, it makes, I think it's going to make a difference in the game. Sorry, but it's kind of like an Assassin's Creed gameplay because you can crawl on a lot, and there's a lot of hidden things you can find. Uh, the main currency is flowers, so you have to find flowers in the yeah. wild. Yeah, I spent a little time while you watching it. Like I was really into it, and uh, I don't, I don't mind those type of games that uh, kind of make you sit through and see. Like I couldn't say so much with like Witcher Three; that was the open world one. Mm-hmm. But like with Witcher Two, it was kind of like a uh, straight line. Mm-hmm. You couldn't really call it an RPG. It'd be like an action adventure that went moved in linear. a linear way. Mm-hmm. And like you, you would make choices, you know, that would affect you either way. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the same end. And then even like with my favorite uh, series of all time, Dark Souls, is uh, it didn't really do a lot of storytelling. It was in the items that you found and all the yeah. lore if you mm-hmm. cared to find it throughout the game that would tell the story and even some of the decisions that you would make with that game would um it could determine some things yeah. for you but with a game like this it's like that's curious that you brought that up about like assassinations i wonder if it'll play in the honor at the end yeah. and how it ends mm-hmm. now that i know how it started is like uh, when you and I ghost, I guess until you find redemption, and then like, will you be satisfied with the way that you got your redemption? Yeah. But at that point, does it matter because all you want is revenge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just want to be rectified. The reason I think that it might be it might differ in the end is because it ever so far in the game it it'll show cutscenes of that Mongol leader talking to his uncle. Uh-huh. The first time that I, that cutscene come up, he talk he talks about how he says your nephew is uh, standing up against my soldiers, uh, 
showing his face to my soldier, his soldiers too. Uh-huh. All right. Well, after that, I started unlocking techniques where I could really mess people up. Oh yeah, you have like it. the wind and water. Yeah, with like the the assassinations and the way you kill them and stuff. Well, I started doing that more because you'll come up on these camps. There'll be 30 guys, and you can't take on 30 guys. So you had to be sneaky. You had to go around and stab people in the, in, in, the, in the ribs and in the neck. And then it went to another cutscene later on in the game, and it talks about, uh, he says, your nephew's losing his honor. Uh, he, my men are finding their, finding their, uh, the soldiers with uh, wounds in their back. So it's like, you know, he, he realizes it. And then the uncle's like, he would never do that. He is honorable samurai. So I, that's why I think it might play a oh, role. Oh, I see. That, I, I think that might be how it plays a role in the but ending. Or I, I would the, wonder what whatever. two playthroughs would do if it would I don't know. Vary. I'll, I'll probably play it twice. How many hours do you have in right now? About 16, 17. So you should be near in the end. Oh, no. I haven't even it's, touched it. It is a fairly large world. I haven't. And I don't know if you go through the whole island. I assume you do. But, like, dude, you can't go nowhere without finding something to do. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, it's so much. That, that game really made me want to have a PlayStation where yeah. I could just chill. Mm-hmm. But, like, things like that, as I know I won't get done, things I need to get done. <laughs> yeah. Because I would do that. Mm-hmm. I would, and that, that's one blessing for me is, like, with these archive Xboxes not working it's, anymore. It's a museum. Yeah, just a, a grave mm-hmm. is, uh, I mean, it's easy to get off work and just jump on that. Really? And then you'd be on it till it's time to go to bed. I, I kind of decompress with it when I get home from work. I get that, and a lot of people do, too. Because most of the time when I get home, I get home before Jessica and Carly get home, so I can chill at the house for, I got about 30 minutes, maybe, tops. And I'll play it till they get home, and then later on when they get in the, in the bathtub, I'll play for a little bit, and if I got time. Or... Show me everything you got. You might be somebody. Tell me everything you thought. You might be.
I think we've covered everything but one topic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is a good topic to walk out on, so we'll give it a shot. Because I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here because Big John's moved to Memphis. Oh, and he's my conspiracy guy. And there's this thing called Project Bluebeam. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like UFO projections. And even some people have said that they might even project the second coming of Christ. And so what was crazy about it all, <coughs> and my, my friend, Mr. Steef, uh, he saw the post that I made and like he went off and... um like he believes the opposite of what I do. He and I are still good friends. No hard blood. He stayed here with me, and he's gonna he can stay here again. He can come overnight if he wanted to. But um, anyway, is forty fourth president, Mr. Obama, mm-hmm. came out and talked about the idea of UFOs being real. And if more influential people like that begin to come out, and then what if Project Blue Beam does happen to happen and like people start seeing it, you have all these influential people saying that it could be so. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is that going to do to the masses? Are they going to buy it? Some people might pay. My it. answer would be yes. Yeah. And what would be the purpose of them doing that? Like, look, why would you want to put people in pandemonium for another paragraph? Yeah, maybe so. I watched I watched a video of a guy that worked in the Pentagon. He was just some kind of ex-Pentagon worker. Be careful with those folk. He uh, was talking with one of his superiors about uh, a UFO case. Sure. And, and not knowing what it was. And that guy kept, the, his superior kept kind of trying to blow him off about it. And he finally just come out with him and says, do we know what it was? And this superior asked him, he said, uh, have you been reading your Bible lately? And he was like, oh, yeah, yes, sir. What, what are you getting at? And what he claimed was, it was that it was demonic that some of the sightings that people see is not a UFO at all, but it is a demonic being. That's what he said. Okay. So, like, dude, I'm totally cool with that. Is, uh, you know, I like doing off the deep end with Big John. It's like, I like talking about conspiracy theory. I don't want to spend a whole awful lot of time here. No, I ain't got to. I, that, I just thought that was kind but of But, yeah, that's, and I want to go there for a second, is let's just take Mr. Steve's approach with this is, uh, this sounds like some kind of QAnon thing, which it's more blue anon to me than Q. But um, there's no God. There's no Jesus Christ coming back. That we're all going to die. And that yeah, I don't even know why you wasted time looking at this because I feel like I lost 20 IQ points looking it up. Mm-hmm. And so, like, right there, like, with, you know, base level is we can't even begin to have a discussion and so something that you bring up right there is good and prevalent is like if you come out to say that something is demonic if something is demonic 
evil, then there has to be the inverse. Mm -hmm. There has to be something angelic or good. Correct? Mm -hmm. So that opens the door wide open for speculation on things of that nature. And another thing I never really understood except for the entertainment value, but hearing the people uh, in the way that they talk about Let's just talk about like exorcism or things of that nature. Is you'll go so far as to believe in that? That is demonic oppression, uh, possession. That is being exorcised. Mm-hmm. You'll watch that, be entertained by that, believe that possibly, and then dispel the fact that of the opposite spectrum. That if you believe in evil, then you have to believe in good. Mm-hmm. Because you just can't have one. There has to be the other. Mm-hmm. And you know what's crazy is that sometimes bad can look good. An example that I can give is out of Matthew chapter 7, verse 22. It says that it's where Jesus is teaching. And he says that many will come to me on uh, the day and say, Lord, Lord. I did all these things in your I name. Did, I did all these things. Cast, out, cast demons. out demons. So you think about. If they don't know, and then he later on says, I will say to you, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. One of the scariest verses in the book, my friend. So if they did cast out demons, they did it. In their own power. With demonic power. Who has control over the demons? Would it be the, the devil? That's right. So that's where that power comes from. So the scary thing is that good can can look good but be evil yeah i wonder where like what denomination does the most exorcisms because let me let me tell you what i'm thinking i i've been following i'd say baptist i would say catholic and they're not a denomination well you know what i mean group whatever however you want to say it there's catholics and then there's christians and then there's no there's catholics and protestants yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You, no, they're all I mean. Christian. That's what I meant. But this guy thinks that the Pope is, the Popes are Antichrist leading up to the main Antichrist. And if a lot of Catholic priests are good at casting out demons, again, you go to who has control over the demons. If the Pope is that way, and I, like I said, I'm talking on my butt. I don't know. Who does the most exorcisms? But, you know, in movies and stuff that you see of exorcism movies, most times he looks like a Catholic He's priest. He's Catholic anyway. priest, sure enough, yeah. So, well, they do that for the rosary and, like, all the things yeah. that people who aren't mm-hmm. familiar with Christianity to be, like, familiar with it. The only one that I know of that's not, and that would be that John Constantine, or Constantine movie with Keanu Reeves which is a really good movie I love you like that, that film? I love that movie do you that's a good movie he 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 exercises demons and he's not Catholic as far as I know or he doesn't seem Catholic you know he's, what I mean he's, he's not he's, dressed like yeah he's just a good dude I don't know what he is um I don't know if that kind of went off the rail yeah <laughs> a little bit I don't know anything else to do I don't think so you want to do that song you want to try to do a little bit yeah. of that uh, here, you play it. I need to move this. Yeah. Right there. <clears throat>
Alright, well, give me just a second here. Oh, hey, look, um, a new band asked to be on the show. Let's celebrate. That's what we'll call it. It ain't no. Apparently, until we. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And if I bury you in nostalgia. I'm playing you in some of those moments Cause I swear you carry the torch Of a song that's bittersweet and This ain't nothing I'm opposed to Couldn't get Take all those stars Line them how you see fit If I fall in or out I was just a bullet that couldn't hit That ain't nothing I'm opposed to I couldn't get That ain't nothing I'm opposed to couldn't get And if you take my hand through those gardens I never held before And it wouldn't where we were walking It was the one who was keeping score It ain't nothing I'm opposed to No, it's nothing Thinking I want you beside me Could you get where you get beside me That's all I really need 
This ain't nothing that I'm opposed to anymore. How about that? About as good as it's gonna get. How about that? Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.